Homestyle Green, episode 142. Is bamboo really a grass? And what makes it so sustainable as a building material? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. This week I am speaking with David Sands in Hawaii all about bamboo as a building material. And I'm not just talking about using it in uh, Asian countries as scaffolding and, and as building kind of huts out in the jungle. There's some beautiful houses, over 300 that David's put together. Um, and you can check him out at bamboo-living.com. Before we get into that though, I'd like to do a quick shout out to ProClimber and as well as building wraps, which are very important for performance of uh, your building for air tightness, ProClimber also make tapes and tapes are really important as Dennis Dowling uh, explains from Queenstown. Now Dennis is a builder of high performance buildings so he really values good products and this is what Dennis has to say about ProClimber tapes. From a sheet adhesive standpoint, there is nothing else in the market that I've used except for one other product that comes close to how ProClima tapes perform. And because the construction method that is used is so reliant on tape, that is the the underlying um, defect potential exists in the in the glue and the adhesion of those tapes. And um, from the testing that I've done, the bond just continues to grow as it should with a good contact adhesive. Nice. And second to that. Um, because you're working in a detail area, if you you need to be able to um, be confident that a quality control process actually functions as it should. So yeah. um, by way of example, when someone's put the tape on, I can very easily see if they've properly brought the tape into contact with the paper. If they have, then I know there won't be a defect. Whereas I've worked with other products where you have to test, you have to physically test to see if you're getting adhesion consistently across it, not just in areas which might appear to have a defect. Right. Um, and that's a huge improvement for and a huge sort of peace of mind when you're installing something that is not observable ever during the course of its life in terms of how it's going to perform. Dennis Dowling there, owner of DCD Building down in Queenstown. And once you've got your air tightness sorted out with your wraps and your tapes, you will also need very good ventilation in your home. We're not talking just blowing stuff, dirty air down from the ceiling. We're talking about good, balanced, well-engineered systems. And there's no one better, I think, to talk to about that than Fantech. And you can find them by doing a search for Fantech, or if you're here in New Zealand, go to fantechhv.co.nz. I'll put the links to them, or you can click on the logo on the right-hand side on the Homestyle Green website. Now, let's get on with this week's episode, and I'm talking with David Sands in Hawaii. And I started out by asking David, is bamboo actually a grass? I, well, it's a giant grass. You know, it's, um, it's considered very related. I can't tell you technically whether it's truly a grass or not yeah uh, you know it has the intermediate branching that that grasses don't have um but i it's considered a giant grass you know right. colloquially yeah because i kind of heard that as a as a kid and i was like really <laughs> is that true <laughs> mm -hmm, uh, but right. you kind of right. see by the structure of of a piece of bamboo like a 
there are some similarities there, I guess, to a um, exactly just on a different scale. Yeah, exactly. So it's got that primitive root system, the rhizome, and then uh, creates a mat, really like you know uh, a big lawn almost, in the sense that it's uh, you know the, you cut the comb down, but the mats popping up new combs all the time. Yeah. So um, just stepping away from bamboo, well, possibly not for a moment, um, sure. can you tell us why you do what you do? Sure, absolutely. I, uh, I got started with uh, building the bamboo houses um, as a result of my midlife crisis, actually. <laughs> right. I, I uh, just was trying to be a green architect and sustainable, and uh, I had... Uh, done a house for myself on Maui and actually built it myself. And, um, Good exercise for an architect. Exactly. And it, it was, uh, you know, completely off the grid and um, uh, used a lot of recycled materials from one of the big hotels that had just remodeled. All uh-huh. the doors in the house were, you know, from there and uh, basically turned them into the walls of the house. And um, so but they delivered the lumber for the construction and it was just, it was painful. (laughs) It was like, Oh man, that's a lot of trees. And, uh, so I, I, uh, the friend that was the builder with me on it was out there hammer and nails with me. Um, I had, uh, I had a mutual friend who I was doing a project for her and she asked that we go to Bali just, to get some design inspirations together. And I, that's not a trip I would refuse. So yeah. I, so I, I did that. And, uh, when I was down there, I, I had the opportunity to meet Linda Garland and, um, went out to her estate in Ubud, which, uh, you know, with these big, beautiful bamboo buildings. And, mm-hmm. um, and she was working with the friend I was, uh, there with on the, uh, international bamboo congress that was going to be she was hosting the next year at her estate there yep and um but i i ended up having a i went on to the board of that uh the kripalu yoga center at the same time and we had our first big meeting at the same time as the conference so i didn't go to the world bamboo congress but jeffrey did my friend that was building the house with me right and uh he came back you know, very excited. Said, "I've got the client. You know, uh, the actually the client, the mutual friend. She said she would be the you know, so-called guinea pig client, and uh, um, he had made the connection for bamboo. You know, good structural bamboo from Vietnam, and uh, there was an engineer from the U.S. that was Vietnamese that we could work with. So, just all the pieces kind of fell into place to." actually do that first project and it was really a you know a, a kind of a weekend labor of love uh project we uh prefabricated it on site you know it was quite a process to get through the building yeah uh, you know get a building permit for it all of that um so okay. is this um I, I'm just reading a, a, your the history on your your site here. Um, sure, Jeffrey, is that who you teamed up with? Yeah, that's right, and exactly. And yeah. so, what's Jeffrey's background? 
Yeah, so he had uh, gone to school uh, in architecture at RPI in uh, uh, Troy, New York, and mm -hmm. then um, uh, his dad was an architect, and, uh, and then he was a builder for you know, 15, 20 years, really all his life. And uh, so that was really his uh, real interest in it was the construction side of things. Right. So, so he ended up, you know, spending half a year of time in Vietnam, kind of working out the, um, you know, the construction detail side of things. And I ended up working on the, you know, structural and assembly and architectural side of things. So you're both from a traditional Arctic background trained, you were trained in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Was it? Yeah challenging to step away from the dogmas associated with that industry into doing what you're doing now? Uh, no, it was really, um, you know, an adventure. I mean, it was really it was reinventing the wheel in terms of, um, you know, we had to figure out how to make it, you know, uh, as affordable as possible, um, how to use the, uh, you know, the, um, indigenous skills there in Vietnam for, you know, uh, carpentry with the bamboo mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, uh, designing to, with this new product and, and then, then figuring out how to get it engineered in terms of making it work for the Western building codes. Yeah. So, so I want to, to pick up on the engineering yeah. side, cause you've done that. You've, sure. you've gone to the uh, standards, you've got it, you created mm -hmm. Uh, an ISO standard for that, so it's not just about slapping some stuff together, and and also to for those that haven't checked out your site, and I'll, I'll put links to that. But so people are aware of what we're describing, we're not just talking about using bamboo as a flooring product or laminate here. We're we're actually talking about structural building with with bamboo, aren't we? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I would say that they're uh, most similar to wood post and beam uh, construction. Yeah, uh, we actually use a similar uh, type of connector in terms of the uh, structural load path. Uh, a phenomenal system. We had uh, the buildings go through multiple hurricanes, 173 mile an hour winds, uh, storms, and uh, and then another one about 90 here on the Big Island. So, and is know, that because of well. because of the strength combined with flexibility? Uh, yeah, it's a combination. Yeah, the, the material itself, uh, when we were uh, going through the testing for the building code, is on average one square inch of the material would hold up 14,000 pounds before failure. So you're looking at you know seven tons uh, you know, being held by a square inch before failure. And how does that and compare the, to, say, pine, typical pine or, or Douglas fir or something? Yeah, it, it's stronger than the... Than, uh, you know, uh, most of the, uh, you know, woods you, you would normally use for construction. Right. Um, and actually the strength to weight ratio is better than steel. So it's, you know, pretty phenomenal. How hard was it then to get those engineering standards in place and how extensive are they? Because you're doing... Yeah, you're... it was a... It was a seven-year labor of love, and it was <laughs> right. quite extensive. You Not know, just an overnight success. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, essentially what you do is you go through a series of tests. Uh, they 
uh, the engineers and the um, code uh, organizations consider the results and then have you go back for more tests and then consider those results and <laughs> have you go back for more tests. So, uh, you know, it was quite a process. And, and what does it uh, mean at the end? Because you can measure a stick of bamboo, but how does that transfer to the next stick and, and the way where it comes from and how it's yeah. harvested? So what they what they do is the um, you it's a um, statistical modeling in terms of um, you know the 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 numbers of uh, uh, pieces that you test mm -hmm. and the and the number of tests that you do and then you're looking at at performance across connections. <coughs> uh, we had to do several fire tests, you know, to see how it would perform. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, there's a uh, insect test in terms of the um, you know, protection from insects that we use uh, using the borate mm -hmm. treatment, uh, and then it's all monitored. Once you've gotten the approval, you you're working with a third-party quality assurance uh, company that is uh, uh, doing you know uh, random sampling and uh, uh, ongoing testing. Um, you know, for the life of, I mean, it's just an ongoing thing. We have to renew that, yep. you know, on an annual basis. So, and then how extensive you got the uh, International Code Council, the ICC evaluation certification mm -hmm. for that? What does that mean? Say, if I want to, does that mean anything for for me down here in New Zealand or in Australia, or is it is it specific to where you are? It's it uh, the ICC is is uh, the the code or the code writing agent organization that's used in most of the U.S. nearly right. all of the U.S. Yeah, um, and uh, you know some other uh, countries have uh, accepted it. Um, where you are, we would still have to go through uh, an approval process. They may accept the test results from uh, ICC, but they may also require additional tests. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really uh, we'd have to get a first project, and and you you got to have somebody that's you know uh, you know committed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> because, sure. because it is a it is going to be a process. But uh, you know the the code writing organizations do have some reciprocity, so that does help in terms of uh, you know. The, uh, some of the things that one has done, they'll accept the work of, um, and it's interesting because I've, I've, uh, you know, kind of compared codes on some items from, you know, the U S and from, uh, Australia and New Zealand and yeah. in particular Australia. Yeah. And they were almost word for word. I really? mean, the, the, yeah, yeah. I, it was, I, the only thing I could think of was somebody had sat down with one of them and written the other one right off of it because the exact same tests, you know, were required. The performance level was the same. Um, but in that case, um, they didn't accept each other's results. No, that's, and that's so interesting. And I think we don't yeah. accept each other results on a, at a, uh, legal and compliance level, but also on a, philosophical level as well we i talk about this quite a lot that we we seem to have to relearn everything even though 
people have been building a certain way for years and years overseas, we mm-hmm. we seem to struggle to adapt uh, the learning and experience that's happened elsewhere. We have to reinvent the wheel every time in, in new places, even though we're you know, we're quite happy to import cars, but when it comes to houses, we have to do it all our own own way. It is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh... how... how um, <laughs> What sort of range of climates would your houses suit? Um, well, you know, the, the, um, the bamboo itself can be used in pretty much, uh, a, a, you know, a big range of climates. It's uh, the uh, preparation of it that, you know, it's, it's basically the, um, or let's say the uh, relative humidity in the area, and then addressing uh, you know the range of temperatures in terms of insulation levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really uh, it, there's not a real limit that I can see to you know where it, the material could be used. It's right. just you know there's uh, differences in terms of how it is used. Yeah, because I guess there's a couple of things here. There's there's the material itself as a as a core building material but then mm-hmm. there's your style of architecture and, and a lot of the um houses and the buildings that you've got on your bamboo living website are they they look kind of tropical because sure. you're in that, in yeah. that climate so you've got that kind of open air and lots of um shading and and outdoor living areas um but i guess there's nothing stopping you from building a more enclosed building for a, a colder climate but just using bamboo as a, as a structural element instead of timber exactly there's really not any reason it can't be used in the you know other climate zones but most of our projects are you know in the tropics yeah and do you get into the use of bamboo as a flooring product and laminate and, and that side of thing as well or are you most interested yeah, just- we do we do we um provide a you know bamboo flooring for our clients that want that yeah um but we manufacture it you know so yeah i've heard mixed reports about that it, it became quite popular for a while and i think it's still there there's a lot on the market but i've also heard that it can look a bit it can scuff quite easily and scratch and and um, goes a bit furry is it is it like any product where you can there are really good ones and there are not so good exactly. ones exactly there's a there's a, a huge range as you know as soon as bamboo got popular um, you know, everybody and his brother in China yeah. uh, is yeah. in the business. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the the quality range is dramatic in terms of what's out there on the market. So, what should you look for if people are thinking about? It? Because bamboo is still for a, a like a, a traditional house. Um, is it? A sustainable product is it something that people should consider as a as a finishing product? Absolutely. I mean, the the thing that I see is that every acre of bamboo that we're putting into production, we're saving up to twelve acres of trees that from being cut. Uh, you know, essentially, if somebody's using a, a wood floor in their house, um, the most sustainable choice is going to be a, a bamboo floor, so, even if the materials coming. You know, from another hemisphere. Why is that? What so one to twelve? One acre will produce the same amount of material that you'd otherwise need twelve acres of timber for. Yeah. So what it is is it's extremely fast growing. Um, right. 
the uh, uh, the culms mature in three years, and uh, you know a bamboo uh, 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 plantation on a cycle. I, I say that the tropical uh, clumping bamboos mature in a three-year cycle. The like the Chinese moso, which is what most of the uh, flooring on the market is, matures in in four or five years. It's right. a you know somewhat slight slower growing. Um, but so so using looking at the tropical clumpers is you're looking at replacing uh, or taking out one third of the biomass and and the uh, um, what we call it the the uh, canopy cover every uh, year and then that gets replaced with the new clump uh, combs that are popping up the new mm-hmm. shoots that are coming up. So you can keep this very high level of uh, um, production, you know, for the life of the plant, and the plants can live, you know, fifty to one hundred years, depending on the species. And just and keep reharvesting it. Exactly, it, 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 and, and that's where it's like, you know, very much like mowing the lawn. You yeah, know, the, the the plant itself just keeps popping up new shoots. Yeah. <clears throat> So even then, if people aren't going to build a tropical, beautiful um, retreat or bungalow or house, they can still include some bamboo in their new um, suburban home uh, as part of the flooring or some, some of the interior lining? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if any life cycle analysis has been done. Have you looked at the impact of that because that's generally going to come from China or so the tropics somewhere. If you then allow for the shipping of those materials, does it still come up as a reasonably sustainable product in your, in your eyes, or do, do people have to it, sort of? It does. I mean, there was a, a study done to, in the Netherlands years ago that looked at um, <coughs> a pro- products for a project there, and the bamboo for that was coming from. Uh, Central America, and even with the shipping, the bamboo was ahead of sustainably grown wood, steel, or concrete. Yeah, right. So, yeah, and then you've got you mentioned on your website there are some indoor air quality advantages as well, and 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 of course that that you can, I mean, bamboo is low VOC, but then it depends what you you stick on top of it. You yeah, exactly. You don't want to stick it's a whole really bunch of formaldehyde perfect. on top. Exactly. Exactly. So that's something you have to be careful about too, in terms of the um, product. Yeah, uh, we're working on a project in Brazil for. Um, they have three times the uh, bamboo that uh, China does, but they really have no bamboo industry. So we're helping them develop that, and right. uh, um, with the goal of really, uh, you know, making sure that the the uh, you know the environmental aspects of it are really followed. You know the forest being FSC certified and um, rainforest alliance, all of that. And you are definitely leading the way in terms of kind of the latest trends and and um, uh, well, you've got lead certification uh, buildings and obviously using bamboo is a good way to to get points for for lead but you're Mm -hmm. also doing 
prefab and prefab is is definitely all the rage at the moment nothing sure. new but you're you've got a factory right right yeah so tell us about that sure well you know that we uh were working in vietnam for many years and realized the thing we needed was to actually have our own uh, uh, production facility there so we ended up uh, uh with an awesome vietnamese partner um you know, building a facility, and you know we've been doing that, gosh, at least uh, ten years since we started that. Right, and and this is not just to process pieces of bamboo, is it? You're actually building houses there as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so we we um, actually assemble the entire house and then uh, disassemble. And then it's it's panelized in such a way that uh, you know the uh, on-site assembly uh, can happen you know fairly quickly. And then the houses themselves, they're, they're built almost like a piece of furniture. You know, there's this beautiful handcrafted quality to all the joinery inside, and they're just they're, they're you know really I think of them as really works works of art you know, in terms of the craftsmanship that goes into them. So for you working in that sort of environment, what are the advantages of building a house essentially twice? You're putting it together, then taking it apart again and taking the Yeah, pieces. yeah. So really what it had to do with, with um, the on-site assembly time, the efficiency of being able to um, have buildings that go together, you know, very efficiently. I mean, we, we can... Uh, Nearly all of our buildings are up in you know less than a week and sometimes just a few days on and, site uh, yeah on site on site yeah, exactly wow and 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 that's been helpful here you know where I live in Hawaii um, just in terms of the climate here and also the um, uh, managing the on site labor cost right. Do you uh, do you need to put much insulation in houses where you're building now? I, you know, we we it don't in terms of the actual climate. It's in the design of the houses. Uh, we do uh, radiant barriers to basically keep the heat out of the houses. Right. Um, and then uh, with the the as you said, the deep eaves and uh, uh, a lot of covered porches that uh, keep the sun off the walls. So really, um, you know, it, it's uh, a lot of it has to do with the design for the climate here. Yeah. yeah. Um, really interesting stuff. And, and I love uh, some of the images and the, and you've also got some great videos on your website as well. So Thank we'll you. put some Thank links up to that. And, and I, I love the fact that you are bringing an ancient product into the, the modern world, but that you've been working on that for sort of 10, 15 years. But you know, going to the extent of getting an international certification, um, making it easy for people to incorporate the product into modern rating tools like LEED, it's really kind of, I think, opening people's eyes to say, well, hey, these products are still out there. There are lots of benefits to using them. And even if they don't build a full bamboo house, um, which is an option if you're in Hawaii, sure. yeah. um, you can well, still use it. Uh, yeah, and we'd love to you know, see the first house in um, New Zealand, the first house in Australia. I mean, it, it could be the development of 
certainly Australia has uh, you know bamboo growing areas that yeah. uh, you know it could be an effective uh, uh, building material and uh, you know taking again pressure off of forests and uh, all of that. Well, and I really love your design. Um, Oh, excuse me. Um, the uh, the the designing for the tropical environment, where um, and the shading that you mentioned before, keeping cool without the reliance on um, lots of other modern materials and and mechanical heating and cooling. Uh, mm. We can mm -hmm. definitely learn to do that a bit better here because we're we're heading towards some architecture that is dramatically overheating houses. Mm, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. unnecessary. So, yeah, we could probably learn from your your architecture sure. as well as the uh, the the bamboo materials. Um, now you're in Hawaii, but you get out and about a fair bit. Where where can people connect with you? Um, well, you know, is uh, they can reach me uh, through Bamboo Living. Um, you know, the, the, the I have an email, David at Bamboo Living, and. Um, you know, I'm I'm uh, traveling a fair amount, so you know if there's a projects in other parts of the world that uh, you know folks are interested in, you know we'd love to be a part of that and are you know willing to do what it takes to make that work. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you very much for your time, David. I really appreciate, it. and uh, I know it took a while to connect, so um, thanks for for coming back to me. And um, it's a we'll, pleasure. We'll link up uh, some of the some of the images, and you you're on Facebook as well, right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Hey, well, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Oh, a pleasure, Matthew, and you have a wonderful day there. Cheers. David Sands there from Bamboo Living. And you can find out the notes and links to David's website and his Facebook profile over at homestylegreen.com forward slash 142 for episode 142. Also, big thanks to ProClimber for bringing us this, this episode and many others. ProClimber.co.nz or ProClimber.com.au for your high-performance building wraps and tapes. And also don't forget to check out Fantech and you can find them if you're in Australia, fantech.com.au. That's F-A-N-T-E-C-H. And if you're in New Zealand, Fantech H H V. Um, tech with a T-E-C-H. Uh, so you get three H's in a row in there, Fantech H H V. Uh, probably easier just to go to the Homestyle Green website and click on their logo. Thank you very much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. If you do like this show, then I'd love it if you could pop a rating and a review over in iTunes. And don't forget, you can always shout out to me at uh, on Facebook or leave a comment at the end of the show notes for this episode over at homestylegreen.com. That's it for me for this week. Now go make a better place to live. <laughs>